This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we've got a really exciting episode. We're going to talk about orbicular bloodstone jasper. This is a real um, bloodstone which has orbs in it and actually color changes throughout. We'll talk about that. We'll also um, have a mining, uh, or not a mining, a lapidary tip at the end so that uh, some of those group members in our Facebook group have been asking for some tips on lapidary so we've got one of those to add we've got a couple quick interesting fossil stories and then we're going to take a good look at investing in rocks lapidary material and in crystals and several big um actors and actresses and uh, celebrities and stuff like that, including Kim Kardashian, are um, smitten with these, not diamonds, less than precious gemstones, we could call them. So we're going to do all that. Also, guys, I want to tell you, um, I'm going to be on the road for about a week. Um, Got a few things going on, and um, so there may not be a blog for for about a week or so. So we'll see how that goes. If I can get one in here in the next uh, six, five or six days, then great. But that may or may not happen. So I wanted to try to get something else in this week for you. Now, we here at Radical Rocks, before we get into the main um, topics and stories on these gemstones and such... I want to ask for your support in just giving, uh, subscribing, liking, sharing um, from our blog, which is radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. Also, you can find our face group. It's Radical Rocks. It's free, great community. You can check out our YouTubes. That's Radical Rocks. And, of course, you already know about the podcast here. So all of those things, if you subscribe, share, and um, take a look at that, there's a lot of great educational information for you there. Okay? So let's get on with the story. Um, I'm going to start with these fossil stories first. Um, First one is um, the oldest parasitic relationship. And you're going to be surprised it's not a lawyer. It's actually a fossil, and it's about this uh, parasite that was found. It's the oldest one ever. The article is uh, sciencealert.com, and um, you can look that up if you want. It's dated June 3rd. And they said that, uh, you know, parasites have been through the beginning of time. And some of them, uh, parasites, it's kind of a, uh, they call it uh Imbiotic or periotic, I forget the word, Sym- symbiotic. So it's it's like a mutual uh, benefit. One helps the other. But when we think about a parasite, usually one who is on the host is the parasite, and he's really getting all the benefits, and the host is actually, you know, suffering. So they found different ways of finding out that uh, these parasites began long, long ago, and it's quite quite a conversation to think about which came first and such on you know so on and so forth and what about the ones that you know die outside of their host how did they come about so of course you know the scientists have their um, theories and they are finding more and more of these parasites um, and they have some fossils now I'm probably not saying it right but uh, 
a, a bry chiopod shell and it has uh, this shells and other forms over it which they are seeing the imprint because parasites typically decompose too quickly so they don't leave a fossil neither do bacterias or viruses these things do not but sometimes they can see the results of them and in this case these fossils um, were these parasites that were on top of this shell type fossil and um, they were tubes and they had a hardened um, kind of surface around them and they would stay on their host until they died so some of the other things that they found pretty interesting is a lot of different types of parasites including even in china where the dinosaurs have feathers they see the evidence of um, lice which would chew up the feathers and things like this so a pretty interesting article there on the history of parasites and the many many um, thoughts on how these all came to be okay now another interesting um, dinosaur fossil that was discovered it's on the cape town cape town etc so cape town etc.com and that's also june 3rd they found this otter prehistoric otter and this thing is like the size of a wolf which is you know huge right i mean wolves wolves can kill people you know easily and eat them so here at the university cape town uh, museum in South Africa they found these huge otters the size of a wolf and they found these wolverines that are the size of leopards so amazing discoveries that uh, they have found here they have some bones from their mouth and such and um, there are other relatives of these creatures that are around the world so if you're into fossils that might be something you want to look up and check out now let's get into the rocks and mineral um, the obicular bloodstone jasper now this was on rock and jim uh, i look up rock and jim news uh, rock it's rock r-o-c-k-n jim g-e-m dot com and, and i would always recommend subscribing to them it's a great magazine and um, they have a lot of stuff for lapidary and rock hounds now this article was written by um, russ um, ken youth and he said that this is a new discovery that he saw at the Tucson show. It's a really cool material. I'm looking at uh, the picture of it right here. And somebody's carved these three hearts that are attached together. One, the larger one in the middle and then a smaller one to either side of it. And the ones to the left are green with these orbs which are green with little red dots in them and some of the orbs are kind of a red or a reddish orange and then all of a sudden this main green color um, just transitions into this orangish red color and the orbs that are on that are kind of an orangish color um, to a tan with uh, red dots in some of them as well some of them have darker borders on them and uh, it's really a beautiful piece of material here now the thing they're saying this is a a, a true variation of bloodstone and um, not many orbicular things are being found now so this is kind of cool um, it was found in uh, India and it's very much like the Madagascar ocean jasper the way the orbs are formed um, it looks like a cross between fancy jasper and ocean jasper and again it's very appealing with bright reds oranges and greens 
and of course those orbs. Now, um, you can you don't have to go to the Tucson show to find this, um, but this is the most exciting variation to to kind of really be pop up on on the market in the last 20 years or so. So a lot of people are really excited to see these color blends and these colors, um, and they're making some beautiful cabochons and things like that out of it. Now, if you want to find it, it's pretty easy. You can look it up on Facebook, um, the Slab Depot Group, or on eBay um, and other areas. So it is available. You don't have to go all the way to Tucson or Quartzite, but it's there. Now, they said that the thought is it's probably best to buy a pre-cut slab so you can see the full color uh, of it and the material because sometimes the material can kind of chip. It, it is it does tend to chip out a little bit and sometimes the material has some fractures in it that if you buy a large piece um, you could cut down in the center and see that maybe it has some fractures or chips so if uh, if you don't want to risk it you might want to get some slabs um, of it so that you can really analyze it now as most jaspers um, it's very hard you know around uh, seven I believe and it will chip easy on the bottom edge and with the coarser grits so once you trim out your preformed shape, um, do so a little bit larger than you want and then grind it down on the smoother wheels, um, perhaps a 280 grit for the last stages and then um, just continue taking the stages down and then they recommend um, using a 14K grit and that should give you a beautiful mirror finish. Um, you can finish it off with some... Um, you know a leather uh, wheel and a small amount of a zam or um you know some uh some oxide or whatever okay so that's that uh if you want to check that out there's always good information on that website now we have one article here on um i want to give you the lapidary tip and then we'll go into a pretty good article on rocks and gems and how these are becoming a huge investment who's doing it um, so let's talk about our tip first um, polishing tip I got uh, I found on um, lopaki.com it's l-o-p-a-c-k-i dot com and um, this is a polishing tip now this was for polishing um, sugalite it is that uh, beautiful rock. I think it's out of Russia. It's kind of a purple color, and it can be a little a little tough to get uh, an excellent polish on. I haven't had too much problem with it, but this is another idea to get a polish that is like a water wet shine on any material, hard or soft, and it's very simple. So the recommendations here are to make yourself a um, an arbor out of wood. And the softwoods work better. And um, the first machine uh, that that was used for this was a 15th horsepower, uh, 3,000 RPM motor. And um, you don't need to to run it at top speed. As is slower will work according according to the article here. And what you do is you use that soft uh, wood and make a hole through the arbor make sure that the wood is perfectly straight because if it's not you know it's really going to wobble and you could break your stone and stuff so you'll have to make sure that it's very true and then um, what he does is he he um, charges it with 5,000 mesh diamond powder and a light honing oil and that 
just made it shine like nobody's business. Um, now that was the first one he used was a pine. He says he now uses redwood, which I know redwood can can be pretty splintery. So I would definitely say wear some safety um, gear, you know, while you're doing this in case the wheel falls apart. Um, and, and the disclaimer is do this at your own risk. You know, um, I'm just passing on what what we see here as a tip. Um, and also a high-grade sanded plywood for flat laps. It works um, very good. Um, you can do 600 mesh wet and then go to 12, 14, and 5,000 mesh diamond powder mixed with any kind of light oil. So um, there is the tip. The other tip is, is if you're going to use the different grits on these wheels, you'll need a different wheel for each grit and you don't want to contaminate one wheel with the other grit so put them in a um, its own marked container or a ziploc bag or something so that you don't get cross contamination of the grit so that's your tip of the day or tip of the week and now let's read our um, our main topic of discussion here which is better than diamonds we talked about better than diamonds last week but we're going to go into it a little bit deeper um, because you know diamonds are really a, a multi-billion dollar industry but guess what crystals and even some rocks are beginning to catch these top prices from celebrities and um, famous people alike um, the article here is from the South China Morning Post, the website is www.scmp.com, and what just happened? Oh, and that is dated um, June 3rd, and they are talking about these um, crystals, and a lot of people are talking about them now that everybody's stuck indoors because of the the virus and all that. But um, you know, this one person that wrote the article here. Let's see if I can find their article. Um, I think it's at the bottom. I don't see it here. Oh, no, it's not here. It's at the bottom. But anyway, they said when they first started, you know, they happened upon Quartzite, Arizona, and that's when they fell in love with crystals. So whatever whatever reason it is that somebody falls into them, um, loving them or whatever, you know, it's fine. We we welcome them to the to the group, you know. And if you're in it for the love of... Um, you know geology or the love of crystals or the love of minerals or you have a favorite color or a favorite gemstone or it's your birthstone or you know you're into the media metaphysical side of it whatever it is um you know we're all we're all here together to enjoy the gems and minerals because they are gems and minerals and for our own special reasons um, each some may not be into the metaphysical um, I, I'm, I think it's an interesting topic but it's not something I follow but it is getting bigger all the time and we respect that and we welcome these people into our groups to talk about rocks and minerals um, as far as the rocks and minerals themselves now Gwyneth uh, Gwyneth Patrol she she loves uh, or Petrol she loves Rose Court um, courts. She believes it promotes harmony and love. You know, they all have their different reasons for a particular mineral. Um, Victoria Beckham loves black obsidian. Um, Bella Hadid loves blue um, celestite. And Kaylin Jenner loves that. And Kim Kardashian, her whole perfume uh, collection is named 
the crystal uh, gardena. So she she loves that stuff. Um, the, everybody does, you know. People who it's not just people who love health food stores and and practice um, yoga. It's all sorts of people across the board that love it. Now some of these pieces are being sold uh, on Fifth Avenue Gallery of Gems on Fifth Avenue in New York sells thirty thousand dollar pieces of barite and six figure specimens of uh, mesolite. So Letterman was there last month, they said, uh, shopping. Sotheby's and Christie's sells uh, tens of thousands of dollars for meteorites, fossils, and other fine minerals. Um, there's another company, Mar- Mardane Fine Minerals, reports annual gross sales of 25 to $40 million with proper profit margins of 20 to 70%. So this is a big market. Um, the U.S., um, uh, market put a, uh, of gemstones and, and crystals put a $76 billion dent into the diamond industry as it it, it kind of uh, waned. It lost 20%. But near gemstones such as quartz, amethyst, citrine, and malachite are holding steady and even g- getting some gains. So these near gemstones are becoming a very attractive investment, okay? So something you might want to think about if you're not doing that good in the stock market uh, or your 401k, you might want to think about this. Um, People are buying fewer diamonds and fewer rarer gems, um, they say. I think it's just diamonds. I think rare gems are actually doing pretty well. But um, these crystals and stuff are holding their own. It is a, a need being filled. People have uh you know been drawn to these crystals it gives them um, emotional uh, satisfaction and also giving gifts is a need to give a uh, emotional gift and these crystals are filling that and fall into that segment according to these different people who are looking at the sales and the type of people who are buying these primarily so another thing uh christie's agrees that um Crystal markets historically undervalued, and uh, everybody is interested in the market of minerals, fossils, and meteorites because it's at a hot, all-time, uh, all-time high. All right, um, Christie's sculptured by nature auction rang up one point nine, uh, one point oh nine million dollars in sales, making it the most success, most successful online sale for the company's history. Um, and this is stories going on and on again. Um, they are seeing crystals sell for a hundred times more, and rocks and mineral specimens for a hundred times more than what they saw them selling for just some twenty or so years ago. Um, that's according to Danielle Trinicho, the founder and president of Fine Minerals International, told the Business Jet Traveler back in December. He says, "I've seen collections worth five to ten times what they cost." over the last 10 years uh, or earlier. So that's amazing. Um, so how are you going to pick a good one? Um, oh, by the way, not just those. I mean, there's so many other quartz. Swirling, um, tourmaline is being collected. Um, what else? What else here? Ocean blue azurite, uh, sodalite, um, big tourmaline pillars, swirling agate. Uh, calcite, quartz, fluorite, myriads of colors, all these things. They're being used as decorations in shops and hotels. Uh, it's a fashion statement. 
it really is starting to boom and um, doesn't seem to be waning. Now, there's a beautiful picture here of, um, what is this lady's name? I don't see it. But she has a beautiful malachite um, necklace pennant um, that she has here. I don't know who she is, some big star. But anyway, so how do you buy them? Okay, so the first rule for buying these crystals and these rocks is buy the best you can afford. It's better to buy one really good piece and spend that time and money than to buy five subpar pieces, okay? So if you want a piece that's going to go up in value as investment, you want to get the, you know, you kind of want to pick out the best one on the table, the best one in the store, um, the highest one that you can afford, something with that wow figure. Don't try to buy three or four of them. Just get you one really good one and... Um, you don't want to go over a certain size. Um, when they get to weigh hundreds of pounds, they, the value go, starts to go down <coughs> simply because they're so hard to move. So that's one thing to keep in mind is um, bigger isn't always better. Quality is the name of the game. A piece of malachite and azurite nearly 10 inches across sold for $15,500 in the Christie's May sale. And uh, another piece that was just uh, three inches across sold for $4,460. So it looks like there's some really big opportunities out there. Um, I'm not going to tell you any more from the article. You can read it yourself if you want. And guys, remember, um, go to our blog because all our links are at the bottom of every blog, radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And have a great week. I will talk to you in about a week. Remember, rock hounds don't die. They petrify. <laughs>